Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The One Tough Mother podcast. The One Tough Mother show is real talk with special guests, including industry leaders, celebrities, and amazing women who've overcome adversities to work their way to the top and are willing to share their real life lessons. Remember, you don't have to be a mother to be one tough mother. It's all about you. And we're here. Welcome to the One Tough Mother Show. And we're super, super excited, as always, because we have the greatest guests. And they just, like, come in and hang out with us. And we have a great time. And I should have bought wine. Seth, I forgot the wine. Oh, it's coming. It's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it should be here. <laughs> anyway, we are going to start doing that. I've decided that um, we're going to have wine and coffee and uh, a couple odds and ends in the studio for people that want to kind of loosen up. But in the meantime, oh boy. yeah, <laughs> we've got a great show. And Seth, what happened with you last week? What was going on with you? Me? Yeah. Um, uh, something interesting. That's why I was, I was giving you a hint before. Uh, I was in church with the family. I mean, I am Jewish, but you know. I know you, you're I, a great, I go, great I go guy. to church too. I go, I go everywhere. Yes. And um, the church orchestra was practicing afterwards. And uh, the guy, the director, music director said, uh, our cellist, he ghosted us. He's a younger guy. He yeah, says yeah. ghosted. Ghosted. Yeah. So um, I said, uh, I can get my 10-year-old's cello. We live around the corner. And so my 10-year-old sat in with the orchestra and was learning the cello parts. That's really cool. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, it was really cool. He First was, of all, I never even knew he played the cello. Yeah, he started in September. Wow, that's really awesome. And from, from cello, he's teaching himself how to play piano. Oh, that is really, really cool. Yeah, he has like one of those those brains for that. Yeah. Th- that's awesome. Actually, my daughter was like very musical like that. We took her for, um, she could pick up like the piano by listening to songs. And we took her for music lessons, or I took her for music lessons. And the te- music teacher really hated her because she wouldn't learn to read music. I'm like, hey, I'm reading the music. She's like, nah, I can just play it like this. You know, so she never really gift. learned it. So, yeah, that's awesome. Well, I hope he does. You think he'll like it? Like he's going to hang in there and do it? Oh, he's, show, he's, show, he's showing an interest. I mean, he's doing it himself. Now, he, at first I said, oh, let me get you piano lessons. He said, no, because he knows I'll make him practice. Right. But then he came back and said he thinks he wants to do uh, get lessons. So. Oh, wow. Now yeah. The funny thing is, though, he's so good at this. And then this morning he opened up the hair product because his, his fro was coming in a little bit. Uh-huh. And instead of opening it like the lid and lifting up the lid, he lifted the whole thing up and poured it all over the floor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just when you think you got it, dude, it yeah. ain't happening. No. <laughs> so, well, we had a great, we had a little bit of, um, a, we had a fun time this week and we had the Easter egg hunt, our town Easter egg hunt. Oh, cool. Yeah, so, but it was like so cold and uh, so windy. Cool. No, but it was cool because my granddaughter, Gracie, who's four, for the second Year in a row, she's the reigning champion. She found the, the special egg. Mm. Yeah, and won the prize. What'd she win? Um, they, they give you like this big... A new car! A new car! <laughs> yeah, we wish. <laughs> they give you like this big pre-wrapped Easter basket that they get from freaking Walmart. Great, in so. seven cavities. <laughs> yeah, and, Congratulations. Yeah, you know, actually, it was all airplanes. The whole thing was like little boys' airplanes and stuff. And she, But she's so cool. She's like, oh, I love it. So she was really happy about it. My son, her father, was like, all those years I've gone to the Easter egg hunt, I never got the prize egg. I'm like, get over it, dude. Yeah, dude, let go. <laughs> yeah, let it go. Let it go. <laughs> For God's sakes, get by it. Your kid got it. Anyway, so we're going to talk about our guest. She's she's here. She's awesome. We have her in the studio, and we're always super, super excited about having our guests in the studio. Um, this week, uh, our guest is not only a tough mother, she's a true badass and I mean that with every sense of the word I just I learned about her name and her story when I read an article published in Thrillist and it said meet the most 
badass female chefs in New York City. And I read her her little interview and I'm like, oh my gosh, she has to be on our show. She's amazing. So as the chef de cuisine, is that right? Um, I'm actually now the executive chef. Oh, okay. An executive chef at a widely pop, oh, it's wildly popular. And I want to go there. I can't wait. Beauty and Essex and the Stanton Social, right? Yes. Now you're at both? You, I'm at both of them. Oh, that's awesome. In New York City, both owned by celebrity chef Chris Santos. Is that pressure? Yeah, of course, that's a lot. Of <laughs> yeah, that's pressure. <laughs> totally Some high standards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would totally feel pressured, and I don't even cook. Um, so, one line that you said in your interview in the in the Thrillist, which I really liked, is, is you said there's no difference between a tough man and a tough woman in the kitchen, and you said it like really confidently. I will never accept no as an answer. I love her right now. <laughs> I will never back down. I think you're awesome, and you truly got tough mother status in my eyes. So it's with great great pleasure, and we're super excited. I don't cook, just so you know. I was like an old farm <laughs> cook when my kids were growing up. I'm not a very good cook. Seth is, though. We welcome to our show, Chef Sarah Nelson. Yay! Thank you. Yay, yay, yay. So tell us, how fun is it? Like, you know, no, it can't be fun. You're always in there slaving when everybody's having <laughs> fun. Is that true? I mean... In one sense, yes, because everybody's coming out to dinner, everybody's enjoying themselves, but I mean, I truly enjoy what I do. Like, I, I love cooking, I love, you know, the restaurant industry, the hospitality industry, you know, food creates memories. You know, it's creating memories, you know, I'm sure it creates memories for you, you know. That's an excellent point, actually. And and that's what we're part of. We're part of that industry where it's creating memories for people based around food in the industry. Oh, that's really, really cool. So so tell me, start me off of how you got started in this. I mean, were you like big at home you wanted to cook or? Well, it's funny because it's kind of ironic. I, I, when I growing up, my Aunt Lou, like she definitely was an influence on me when I was a kid. We go to our house, we do a massive garden, you know, we do peppers, tomatoes, you know, the whole deal. Uh, end of the summer, you know, I remember pickling cucumbers, things like right, that. Right, right. But the funny thing is, is when I was a kid, I was the pickiest eater. Oh. I ate nothing. Oh. So, the whole process of doing it. Yes, yeah. I love the whole process, but I would not eat anything. And, you know, they all laugh now. Like, my family's always like, it's so funny that you became a chef. They're like, because you would not eat anything when you were a child. Oh, but, wow. But it's like it started off from there. And then uh, I actually was interested initially with food of how it affects your body and how it could be used as a preventive measure for diseases. Oh. That was my first interest. And and I actually I went to school for that, for food science, human nutrition. And then when I was there, it's just I started being introduced to all these new ingredients I had never been around before. And that's where I started cooking. And I really started getting adventurous with it and really started you know, start a passion for that. What is your favorite thing to make? It's funny, you know, I guess my favorite thing to make always comes down to like comfort food. Like right. this past week, I love a good grilled cheese. And my awesome. boyfriend, and I love it, but like my boyfriend and I got this extra thick cut bacon to put on it. We put avocados on it. We put tomatoes on it. Oh. You know, we got Gruyere cheese. We got some provolone cheese, but it's like a now upscale version of a grilled cheese. But, but you know, I feel like a lot of times the things come around comfort foods. Like during winter, I love doing shepherd's pie. It's one of my favorite things oh, to always wow. to make. Oh, Ma loves that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then there's going to be things, you know, outside of that I love. You know, I love having sushi. You know, I love doing tacos. I love, you know, there's just so many different things. Oh, that is so, so cool. And you live in the city now, right? I do. I live in Bushwick, actually. But you're from? I'm from uh, outside of Chicago. I grew up in Illinois. Okay. And yeah. you came here for what reason? Well, you know, I initially started coming out here. My brother and sister-in-law lived out here, or they still do live out here. Uh, and when I was in Chicago, they had my two nieces and nephews. And I would come out here like five times a year to come visit them. Now they have four kids. And it's like over time, I just fell in love with New York. And why not? You right. know, this is this is definitely the place to cook food in. Yeah, but there's <laughs> some really great places in Chicago, too. Because oh, I've been to Chicago amazing. a lot. And Chicago yeah. is amazing. I was there, I think I was there for eight years before I moved out to New York. Seven or eight years I was in Chicago cooking before I came here. Well, real quick story about, I'm in um, Shula's restaurant. And um, I'm waiting at the table next to somebody. And the woman is really visibly, visibly, visibly upset. Like she's waiting, 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 waiting. Pretty soon in walks Don Shula. 
and he was late and it was his wife <laughs> she really ripped him that just quit my quick restaurant story right there imagine she could have got seated though no Maybe. she was no she was seated in the oh, seated table next man. yeah right oh, gotcha. next to me she don't be alone and sitting at a restaurant oh, she was ticked man but that's my so do you see a lot of slaps come through you know, we definitely do have celebs come through, and a lot of people get excited about it, things like that. And definitely now, you know, Beauty and Essex, Stanton Social, definitely well-known places. So people do come in to dine there, and 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 we'll get soignees, we'll get you know, we'll know that they're coming in, you know, things like that. But we don't want to overwhelm somebody. Oh, you know absolutely. What I'm saying? At the end of the day, the last thing they're you peeped. don't want is yeah, yeah, you don't want to overwhelm them. You're going to put them in a cozy booth, put them inside, so it's not like people are bothering them, things right. like that. But so tell me about, tell Seth and I about coming up through the ranks. Like, it's a man's world, right? Or it used uh, yeah. to be. It used to well, be. It, it used to be. It definitely was a man's world. You know, a lot of industries are. And, uh, you know, when I first decided that I wanted to start cooking, I was 23. And a lot of places wouldn't hire me. They wouldn't hire me because I didn't have experience. They wouldn't hire me because I've never cooked before in a kitchen. Um, so I decided to go to culinary school and there I had met a friend, my friend Mendy, who introduced me to the first chef I worked for, Dirk Flanagan. And he took a chance on me, so so I, I have a lot to thank him for that. And definitely being a man's industry, you know, the one thing that I loved working about with him and the first cooks I worked with, you know, they treated me as a peer. Oh, that's cool. You know, they, they didn't treat me any different. They had the same expectations of me as they would of a man. You right, know, right, right. Same goals, everything like that. Nothing was going to waver away from that. So that that was really cool that they took a chance on hire, like hired me into the kitchen. So wow, that that is really cool. Like you didn't just start off at like a Howard Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> well, you went you went to school. I mean, that's that's the key, right? Is that opens a little open a door for you? You know, it. I I kind of fluctuate back and forth. Uh, it definitely does open a door, but it opened the door with a friend that I made. But any yes. way you get yes. it, right? Yes. Any way you get it. Yes. But you're you're connecting to people of like minded interests and everything. Yeah, right? absolutely. And I would think too, man or woman, you know, once you're in the in the kitchen, it's so results oriented. Yeah. It's like your food's either good or it's not good. You absolutely. Know, you, you know? I mean, that's a huge thing. You know, I I try to work extremely hard and have a good work work ethic, and I feel like. That kind of proves and shows what I'm able to do. Okay, then you got to help me because I raised four kids and, and and I did all the the canning and all that stuff. I had yeah. a big garden, except I'm I always call myself a farm cook. Like I just cook in big, huge volume because I had a big family. Seth is a little refined cook. He gets like he makes really cool little cool. You make cool stuff. Uh, you know, I have to say like things like Hello Fresh and everything help. In a yeah. sense where it introduces me to different spices and things I wouldn't necessarily think to do. Okay. And my, my wife's from Trinidad, so she likes things she likes things seasoned. Yes. Food has to be seasoned and uh, you know, so I'm just learning. I'm just and I'm just playing with things and just, you know, trying to make stuff taste good. Well, you know what's amazing about food, one of the things that I love, why I love cooking is you can never know everything. Like you're always going to be oh, learning something yeah. new with food. It's like that's unless impossible. you're Bobby Flay. Of yes, course. unless you're Bobby Flay. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's amazing because you know different cultures. You saying that your wife's from Trinidad. You know, everybody has different backgrounds, and it it changes also from region to region. You know, making a curry in one region is going to be a hundred percent different in another region. And it's like there's so many different variations that. It's fascinating. Like, no matter what, I'm always learning something new. And is there, like, it's the science of the chemistry and the flavors, and it's may, it's really, like, you have to have some science to it, right? There, No, there definitely is. I mean, there's, there's definitely that also going behind it, you know, depending on how the way you cook a fish and making sure that you cook it properly so that it stays nice and flaky, you know. You, the basic of, like, a mayonnaise is an, emul an emulsion of, you know, it's going to be egg yolk and oil. So there's definitely science that's behind a lot of the principles when you're when you're cooking. Right. Wow. We watch a lot of Food Network and a lot of these programs, and some some chefs are very science based. Oh my gosh! Right? Like Absolutely. cutting edge, crazy. Yep. You know, and these techniques and ice cooling and just doing all kinds of crazy. Yes. I can't even even remember, but just watching you, just amazed by the science behind it and and how they're trying new techniques, like you said, always learning and trying different things. Yes, one of the one of the chefs I work with definitely gets into the science aspect of it. I'm definitely a person who I like I like my food straight up as it is. I like cooking with it. You know, I don't necessarily play around with all the molecular you know type of styles of cooking. 
But, you know, a lot of the chefs I do work with do get into that. And I think it's great, you know. I think do you like their stuff that they make? I do, I do. It's definitely, like, it's a different take on it. It's a different spin. So it's it's cool to see, and it and it's great food. It's really cool that that's such an industry. Like, you don't think of about when you go to a restaurant. And we're going to go. We're going to, I want to go down to Stanton Social. Is that the one that has, like, the, the, um, Christine was telling me. Christine's our graphic artist. Yeah, it has like the jewelry, like the. So that's beauty and essence. Oh, that's beauty and essence. So okay. you you come through a pawn shop. It's before a pawn you shop. Actually, go through that's the awesome. restaurant, and it's it's a pawn shop. So you can buy things there. Um, it's great. It's very cool. Just I don't use. I don't want to buy used food though. I no, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We will make sure there's no used food for you. Oh, I can't wait. We we got to go down there just to go through that. That sounds like it sounds amazing. It is amazing. I mean, it's kind of like you know, Lower East Side. It's like you think about the Lower East Side. Probably 10 years ago. Right. Grand Beauty in Essex is, I think we're now coming up on our eighth year. But, you know, that area is definitely different. So it's like got that speakeasy feel. So, you know, Funky. You, exactly. You know, you have the rough edges of the outside of the Lower East Side. And then you're coming into this place through a pawn shop. And then when you walk into the restaurant, I mean, it's amazing. It's 10,000 square feet. This place is. Yeah, it's It's, big. it's very, yeah. it's it's profound when you walk in. It's quite of an experience. Is it, do you, are you on the edge every single yeah. night? Like, <laughs> the place is full and they got to get out the food. <laughs> you know what? I, I love working in that kind of atmosphere. I love it when it's busy. I love the adrenaline that you get from yeah. that. And it's, it's almost like it's easier. It's like, I feel like more mistakes happen when it's slow. You know, when it's a busy night and everything's going, like that's when everything like sinks together. Everybody's working hard. Everybody's slowing together. Clockwork. It's, yeah, right? it's great. It's everybody such a great has a feeling. job and they have to do it. Like you're the yeah. executive chef, so do you oversee everybody and as well as cook? Well, so so not I'm definitely when it comes to cooking, I'm part of the creative process. So okay. it's like with the menu changes, you know, specials and things like that that we're doing that process but being on the line physically cooking you know i'll go on the line to to show somebody how to pick something up you know if i see something that's not being done correctly things like that i i have no problem of jumping on showing them how to make the dish you know having them taste it with me so they understand what it's supposed to taste like but otherwise it's it's overseeing everything over the course of the night um both places have chef de cuisine, so they're also there to be able to oversee everything that's going on. So I can be able to float between both restaurants. And it's it's not just, I guess, the heart of the house. It's also front of the house. You know, I like to check right. in with the managers and see what's going on on the floor, just seeing what's going on with the servers, you know, just making sure everybody's working together. Oh, that's really that's really cool. Is, is being a chef, though... Um how do you how do you stay sharp or is that something you know what i mean do you just are you constantly coming up with new recipes is that is that how you stay sharp you know i think that's part of it but i also think what's part of it is the people that i'm surrounded by you know we we just hired a new chef at beauty and essex back in i want to say like july or august and and he has a strong asian background so you know there's a lot of things that he'll start creating dish wise that I'm like, "Oh, this is really this is really amazing. Like I love the flavors of this. I've never, you know, thought about putting these ingredients together and it starts to get your, you know, creative juices flowing." Right. And you start to think about like, "Wow, what if I took that interpretation into kind of my my ideas of when I'm creating dishes." Oh, that's really And you know, you're only as good as the people you put around you. So by putting really talented people around you, you do nothing but learn. Yeah. Which life should be all the time anyway you should be learning as you go yeah through I, life i definitely think so you know i think it's funny because it's it's i feel like sometimes the industries can be two different ways where it's like people are preserving their their position right and then there's like the people that sit there and like i want you to take my position like right. i want to teach you how to do what i do and i want your goal to be taking what my position is right and you know i i definitely think that's a huge difference with some of the people I work with, it's like, that's your goal, is to be where I'm at. And my goal is I want to move forward. Right, right. Do you think you want to own a restaurant? You know, right now with where I'm at, I have been at Beauty and Stanton now for five years. Like, I love working with the Tao Group. I love working with Chef Chris Santos. And my career has elevated so much that this is where I want to be. And right. This is, like, this is where I want to grow with is this group and moving forward with them they're all they all seem very cool and it's all yeah. across the country right yes they have la they have vegas vegas yeah. uh it was it was cool because we opened up beauty in essex in vegas and la over the past i think two years 
But I got to be part of the team that went out there for those openings. Oh, neat. Yeah, it was great. It was very cool. Did you do a soft opening? Did you do like just like a, like a friends and family? So, yeah, to, you do the friends the and family. Run, right? yep, yeah, you do the friends and family. And, well, initially what we'll start with is we start with uh, the staff. So it's we'll do like a mock service. And it gets, you know, the staff to be able to try all the food. They get to see the experience of it. But it also gets the kitchen to be able to, like, well, we'll make tickets for tables We'll, we'll put a little pressure on so that you get a little hit in the kitchen and kind of feel that stress. And then we'll kind of back it up again so they can relax a little bit. But they get to make all the plates, learn how to do the food, see how everything's supposed to be. So Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Have there been surprises for you, like both ways, both positive and negative, where, wow, this dish went over way bigger than I thought it would? Or one dish, like, wow, I thought this dish was great, but people didn't seem to go for it. I mean... I definitely think there is. There definitely is. Um, I can't remember one specifically that I'm trying to think of, but but there are. There's times that it's like you'll put something on, you're like, oh, you know what? I'm going to do ten orders. We're going to do a special tonight, and and this will be fine. And it's like instantly within the first hour that it sells out, and you're just like, I wasn't seeing that coming. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. Well, your, your caliber of restaurant that you work at. I'm going to take the special. You know, if somebody's a special yeah. and they start describing it, yes. <laughs> Other places, you're like, oh, the special, that means they have too Wait, much of something. Wait, we can only afford the grilled cheese. I think you and I are uh, only going to be I, on grilled I cheese. Can't, I can't afford that grilled cheese. <laughs> <laughs> she was talking about. That's like That sounds amazing. So now you got to tell us the cringeworthy. Like, there's got to have been one thing that happened throughout your career so far. And you were just like, oh, shit. I can't believe that happened. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely, there's definitely things of like, stupid things that I've done where you're just like, shit, I can't believe I did that. Where one, my first one would be morel mushrooms. Morel mushrooms are insanely expensive. And uh, the first place I work at, somebody was marinating them in a pot. And honestly, when I walked past it, I looked at the pot and it's like black at the bottom. It's got this liquid on it. I'm like, oh, somebody burnt something, dumped some water on it, soaking it, and I threw them away. (laughs) It's like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Wow. And fortunately, the sous chef that was there at the time, the chef wasn't in. He's like, absolutely reamed me out. But... He did not tell my chef. Oh, you it pays to be been... nice. It pays to be nice, right? If yes. you were not nice, he would have he would have uh, he ratted you out. I probably wanted to cry. I, <laughs> I bet. Yeah, right. Well, if they were clean. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There's there's definitely those moments where you're just like, shit. What did I do? <laughs> what about baking? Do you like to bake? You know, I don't bake that often. But I, it's it's funny. So when I first started working in in the industry, I made seven bucks an hour, which you can't really live off of. No. Right. So obviously, I had to get a second job, and my second job was working at a restaurant in the morning doing their pastries. Okay. So I did that for two years before I'd go to my job at night, and it was it was cool. You know, it's I got to learn a lot of things that I didn't realize. You know, I got to make ice creams, and I got that down to a T. I got to you know do certain types of cakes and recipes and chocolate mousses. Uh, cheesecakes, you know, it wasn't like over the top baking, but it was definitely something that I got to learn. But that's cool. You got to learn that whole. Well, have you in your job now, have you come up with any desserts? Um, We have our pastry department. Okay. All all I do is I tell her I love chocolate and peanut butter. (laughs) I'm there. I'm there. And if you can have any dessert that's based around that, I am fine. She's like, here's a Reese's. Get out of my space. (laughs) (laughs) That I'm definitely there. So you live with your boyfriend, correct? I do, yes. Is he a chef? He's also in the industry. He started in front of the house. Uh, He's probably been doing this for over 21 years, if I'm right. God, it's definitely over 20 years. But he's, he's done... Basically all of it. Like he started in front of the house. He decided to go to culinary school in his late twenties because he wanted to have a better understanding when it came to the heart of the house. Hmm. And uh, he's he's also he's done catering. He's worked as a chef before. He's done uh, purchasing. So he's kind of done. Wow, he's really all poised, of the spectrum. Right? Yeah. Yes, yes. That's yeah. awesome. So when you get home, is he like, honey, I'm hungry. What are we having for dinner? Right? As I said, people like, you know, masseuses don't want to mas- go home yeah. and massage right. their boyfriend. How is that for you? Like at home, how do you eat at home? It, you know, it goes back and forth. We have our, you know, there's a couple places that we'll order from because I'll get home late. Right. Um, but we both do love cooking at home. Like we both love being at home. 
he likes to come up with the ideas of what we should have, and then typically <laughs> I will start cooking. But he's an amazing chef, too. Like, he can definitely cook. Um, Wait a minute. You're coming home from these restaurants, and then you're cooking after that? You're not just, like, taking some stuff home? Not all the time. Not all the time. You take some stuff home, we, right? We have, exactly. Yeah. We we probably cook at home maybe twice a week. Okay. Wow. Because yeah. our schedules are around completely food. different. Right. I was going to say, are your schedules jived or no? We're, well, that's always tough. Like, that's definitely one thing that uh, right now... Now, we do not have days off together, but I'm like we're working on trying to figure out how to make that happen. Like right. it's it's definitely difficult. Yeah, that must that's got to be tough. Wait, what time do you have to be in? Like, what time is like you got to be to work at this time? I try. So I'm usually in by noon. Okay, that's when I go in, and, and that's a lot of prep, right? You're prepping. Well, you know, now we have such a big team that does prep. It's coming in and just making sure that I'm I'm on point with everybody. Everybody's, you know, doing all the, the things that they need to do. You know, there's so many other things with it now where it's like labor forecasting. You know, there's going to be food costing. You know, there's just so many elements to making sure that the kitchen's running smoothly and that, you know, we're still in line with, with what we're spending. Right. Wow. What happens at the end of the night is a uh, unused stuff. Like, how much? How much food is savable? How much is just gets kind of tossed? You know, for us, nothing's gonna get tossed. You know, we basically make sure we're prepping for what we what we know we need to do. We have our par levels, things like that. So you and have an idea of how many people exactly. are coming in every night. Yeah. So you're you know, pretty close. If somebody sears a few extra things off, we do family meal at the end of the night. So everything goes to the to the staff because we have you know our overnight porters that are coming oh, in. You have your that's good. Yeah, you yeah. have everybody that just finishes work after a busy night. You're starving. Yeah, that's <laughs> so. really cool. That's super cool. That is, yeah. It's good. People bust their butts in there. Yeah, and and it, and it is because you also have you know our front of the house. Some of our servers don't come in until seven o'clock, so they're not able to have the family meal that we put out at four thirty. Right. So. So, yeah, we do that at the end of the night, too. Sarah, are you even hungry at the end of the night? When I make, like, Thanksgiving or big dinners or when my kids were young and I used to cook, I never wanted to eat after That's I because you're eating all. while you're cooking. No, I really didn't. I no, swear. I, I was that. drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I was never drinking. Well, well, there you go. You filled up on wine. See, yeah. only if I could do that at work. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, but, you brought up a good point. How, how, do, you, how do people pair uh, wines with food? Like... Who makes that decision? Like, why is it someone say, "Well, this is the perfect wine for this food"? It just it feels like it's an is opinion. Is it acidity level? Is it an opinion? What you know? I think, I think that there's going to be things that are like when you think of like a full-bodied wine. You know, a full-bodied wine, you're going to have that with. I'm going to think a steak. You know, you're thinking right. of something that really pairs well with this, with this meatiness right. and like right. cutting through that. You know, I'm not going to have a glass of riesling with it. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, right. like there, there's definitely going to be those differences where that's where that kind of stems from. It's like, you know, like, if you're having sushi, you're not going to have a full body glass of red wine. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. there's there's just these opposites where, you know, it does naturally just pair well. Doesn't together. just beer go with everything? Absolutely. Uh, okay. Well, just wine goes. <laughs> just to make sure. Any bottle of wine goes with anything. Just <laughs> in my life, I, dr- I drink wine with ice cream. Ew. <laughs> I, honestly, that's no, you, no, you don't. I really that's so do. Funny. That's disgusting. I'm sorry, I like it. Okay. It's good. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to yuck your yum. I'm yum, sorry. Yuck my yum. Yeah. Um, I have to ask you this question. I asked yes. Megan this last week. Megan um, was the she's the executive editor of Good Housekeeping, and she said, "Oh, you got to bring mail manager mom up." To, to ask our chefs this and I said to mom so I'm having Sarah Nelson she's like the chef in New York on the show she's like okay I need you to ask her this okay <laughs> so here we go again okay. this is the second time with this question Uh-oh. here it is it's male manager mom wants to know why does her meringue weep and pull away from the crust so I mean there's obviously different types of meringues you can make right, right. she um, does the egg and sugar thing so so that's the that's what you have to be careful of if it's going to weep uh, or shrink, it's because you're not properly de- uh, the sugar. You're not, you know, you're not cooking it properly. Okay, that's what I thought. Dissolving the sugar, yes. right? So essentially, like, say you're doing an Italian meringue. So you're going to do a simple syrup. You're going to dissolve your sugar into that, but you also have to cook it to a certain temperature. And oh. if I'm right, I think they say it's like 240 degrees. Okay, but so you have to cook it to a, the correct temperature. So that you know it dissolves correctly, but it also there's like a stage that, that that's called like a soft softball stage or something of the sugar and the or the simple syrup, and then you take your egg whites and you whip those and you have to whip them to a soft peak. 
Okay. And then you pour in your simple syrup slowly and whip it into a firm peak. Oh, okay. That it's makes a lot of sense. And no. it helps stabilize. <laughs> She's not doing it. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing is, too, is you can add a little bit of lemon juice into your egg whites, and that also helps stabilize. Oh, that's a good Oh, tip. that's a great one for Ma, because she always has one. I have bags of lemons, because Seth knows I drink lemon water all day. She gets those squeezy lemons, because she doesn't want to cut one. <laughs> so she's got always those squeezy lemons. I that remember are, that yeah. from a kid. Yeah, that's right. we have them in there. I'm like, Mom, we have bags of lemons in the uh, the uh, crisper there, and she's like, I got my lemons. So it's, it's good. No, I'm going to tell her that, but that's so true because when I make the meringue, of course you do it to the soft peak, and then you add. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. Well, she'll be happy to hear this. Oh, meringue at your house. Yep, meringue at my house because she that's one of her favorites is making lemon meringue or chocolate meringue. Oh, that's pie. great. That's cool. Yeah, she she's a great cook. She cooks all the time, so she's just crazy. Oh, I got a question. Go. What do you cook at home? that you think is really easy that maybe people wouldn't think of that maybe give us an idea um well it's my go-to i love doing tacos at home i do too like, i love doing tacos but there's easy easy beef, things. beef tacos pork, pork pork well i mean i i love pork pork my is definitely pave. one of my favorites chorizo. <laughs> but it's like chorizo is great it's a great thing to flavor you know but there's also great things you could do like getting dried chilies like guajillo chilies or pasilla chilies if you just Put it in with a liquid. You can puree it up and kind of add it to your beef or your pork or whatever you're going to do and add a little more punch of flavor to it. You know, people will just be like, oh, that's so exotic. And it's like you can buy it at any store, add it in, and it's something that just punches up the flavor a little bit so you're more. So you say blend it, liquefy it? So if I want to do it really fast, I will just put it in water, you know, rehydrate it, and then I'll blend it up and I'll strain it. Oh, wow. Yeah. But it's just really quick and easy, and you can add it to, you know, your salsas, or if you're doing, like, an avocado guacamole, thing mm. like that. It just adds a little punch to it. So that's, like, your secret, that's your secret ingredient to at tacos? Home. That's yeah, your I secret tacos, sauce. Yes. I do, too. And my favorite hard, food. Hard shell or soft shell? I love corn tortillas. Crun- crunchy. But not hard shell. No, oh, those no. other, okay. Yes, but I, I'm I'm a corn tortilla lover, not a flour tortilla. Yeah, me, oh, my God. Tacos are, like, my fave. Like, any kind of Mexican, Spanish food, I love, I mean, love, I love. am. I'm a complete sucker for tacos. It's funny, because when I go into Stanton Social, they have a taco that I love. It's the Korean tacos. I have to have it every time I go in. Oh, it sounds Like, good. every single time I go oh, in. Oh, we got to go there. They, I love they Korean know. food, period. Yeah, they know. If I, like, call an order out, like, they'll always put an extra piece in the window for me. Oh, <laughs> that is so, so cool. Pulled pork. Give me a, a hint. What, what's the best way to make pulled pork? To make pulled pork? I mean, it's going to be in your braising. Okay. It's going to be in what you decide to braise it in. You know, are you putting cider vinegar, onions, garlic? Are you putting chilies into it? You know, it's it's going to come down to how you braise it. And then after you pull it, it's saving that braising liquid. And, you know, adding that braising liquid back in or even using that braising liquid to make a barbecue sauce. Mm. Like that. I look at each other. What do you think about things like uh, Instant Pot and things like that? It's not something that you would ever use. I haven't. And I, yeah. I don't even know actually everything about it because I don't even... I, I don't even <laughs> right, why would it. you? Right. <laughs> so my last question is, what are you doing next Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> Tacos when, at my house. <laughs> Sarah, how did you come here empty-handed? I'm a little upset. I know, right? You're like, this is wrong. Yeah. Where's my taco? If, if you had the bottle of wine, I would have had the food. We'll oh. have it next time for damn sure. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to do, do an interview with her at the place so we can try the things she's talking After about. two bottles of wine, yes. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, Sarah, thank you so much. This has been great. Oh, this is I mean, definitely you're awesome. great. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're so, so welcome. I'm just uh, I'm just blown away because I'm not a good cook and I'm, I'm not a chef. And when I see things that people make, I just like... I love to try. So I love hot food. That's my problem. I love it. The hotter, yeah. the spicier. I love spicy food. The better. Yep. Like I'm like, come on, bring it. Absolutely. Bring it. Bring it. So I, I just like, when you said you love tacos, I'm like, yes. Exactly. I always have a can of pickled jalapenos. Mm. Always in my home. Like I love pickled jalapenos. Oh. And I'll always make sure that I have some in my house to add to my sandwich, add to mm. anything, just add a little heat. Mm-hmm. You mentioned pickled earlier too when you were a kid. Oh, I, yes, my do you aunt. pickle? Do you pickle now? I do. I'm I'm a little bit obsessed with pickling. And is that I keep I keep saying I want to do it. I have all these so mason jars. Easy. Like, right? It's just mason jar putting a bunch of stuff in. And it is. I mean, basically, it's you take a vinegar. You're going to take whatever vinegar base that you want. You add a little bit of water and whatever spices that you want to, and then you know, depending on what it is, like a cucumber has to be in the liquid a little bit longer. 
But then it's like I love radishes and I'll slice them really thin and I'll do a quick pickle. So it's like you'll just pour it on top, get it on an ice bath, and like instantly within like two minutes you have a quick pickle on a radish. What do you do with it? Mm. (laughs) Say that again? (laughs) Wow. You slice it and do it. Well, I slice radish really thin. Yeah. And then it's, you know, take take whatever your pickling liquid's gonna be, you dump it right on top, you put it on a water bath, start to chill it. And it instantly will pickle within a couple minutes. Oh, wow. And it's like it gets that nice nice bite to it, you know, has a nice crunch to it. But oh, I love man. pickled everything. Like I just I had some do. sandwich with pickled onions on it. It's just, I love pickled anything. I, I, pickled I did okra the other day. Somebody brought Ooh. it in. It was Ooh. great. It was great. It was super crunchy. Like it's not like what wow. you think. Yeah, because okra is really slimy. Yuck, yuck, no. yuck. But not pickled okra. If it's Mm-mm. done right, it's great. Wow. I mean, it, this has been a real education. I'm going to have to try some of this stuff. And now you try everything. But you said when you were a kid, you were really, Nothing. really picky. I love everything. Like, I, it's it's kind of funny because I'm completely opposite of what I was when I was little. Like, I eat everything. I'm okay. always hungry. You love peanut butter and jelly. Love it. Okay. I, I had that for breakfast. You know, you know why I had it for breakfast? Because my son can't have peanut butter in his preschool. Oh, yeah, that's and right. when I'm half asleep, sometimes I forget to put the sun butter on and I put the peanut butter on. It might be on purpose, <laughs> but I don't know. Like, oh, I guess I got to eat this. Most yeah. likely. It's, yeah. it's funny because one of the pastry chefs, I'm sure it could drive her a little crazy. I literally at work will take a spoonful of peanut butter and then steal some of the pieces of chocolate, mm. like the seventy percent chocolate, and I will sit there and like eat the chocolate with the peanut butter. She's like, "Really?" I was like, I "Can't help it." I know. Yeah, really. It's oh, delicious. it sounds delish. I love it. Well, thank you again. Thank you so much. We're super, super excited to have you on, and we are going to come down there. And Great. We'll, we'll hang out and see what you're doing and see what you're up to. Great. Thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. You're welcome back anytime. If you have something coming on or that's something you want to talk about or if you just want to come back and hang out we're going to have wine <laughs> we definitely have wine if you're bringing food yes. <laughs> thank you so much and we're going to be right back the one tough mother podcast real talk with amazing women who have worked their way to the top and want to share their real life lessons with you and we're back and we got tough brother seth and he's got headlines and headaches? Oh my God! Right. Where, where is he? Because what, what do you? Come sometimes on, you say right, headaches first. Sometimes you, you know say what? headlines I just, first. I realized that I said headlines first, didn't I? Yeah, you're all over the place. You're like, yeah, they have the dyslexia. All with right, this. let's try. Let's start again. Okay. okay, and take two. Okay, and we're back, and we got tough brother Seth, and this time we have headaches and headlines. Yay! Yay. We got it after thirty uh, some freaking shows. Yeah, but you know I don't do sing songy. Uh, yeah, I don't like yeah. that. Come try on, try it. Oh, stop. Get over. Okay, first story is March for Our Lives. Obviously, that grabbed the attention of this country and the world. Um, the crowds were amazing. I couldn't. Believe, I couldn't get over the crowds. Me either. Me either. Yeah. Did you see? Yeah. No. That that's incredible. I mean, even I think it wasn't. They said it was over eight hundred thousand people. Yeah. Going th- back yes. and forth throughout it. Yep. Bigger than the um, the women's march from 2017. Yes. It's crazy, which was also huge. I don't know. I don't want to get political. Like we say, we don't get political, but. These kids, they're marching for peace so kids are, can be safe and not die. I mean, if you're going to speak out against that, something's wrong with you. Because now everybody's defending the Second Amendment. That's not, I'm not even thinking about the Second Amendment. I'm just saying, like, what can we do to make kids safer? I have, I have a bunch of kids. They're in school. Like, what can we do to make it safer? That's it. Right. You know what? And, and bring this attention to it and putting pressure on NRA. Hey, you're going to have to give yeah. something. Crank, crank, crank. You can't crank. get it all your way. It can't be 100% your way. Right. You're, you're going to have to give up some things. I agree a thousand percent. And you know what I thought about too after it all, you know, the next day when I was thinking about it and I kind of, you know, I kind of perused through the news trying to find out, you know, little things that happen. I I hate to just sit there with my face glued to either uh, Fox or CNN or any of the news channels. So I refused to do it. But there was like no rioting. There was like no no. controversial thing like nobody got out of hand that I saw. I mean, maybe there was somewhere, but come on. This was like so big and so massive and everybody like held it together but I, I, I did see some voices trying to say oh they're kids or whatever it's like you can't you can't this is the future of our country and right they're gonna be making they're gonna be voting and they're gonna be making decisions so you watch how quickly the republicans turn on the nra when it's gonna cost them elections oh yeah yeah and yeah. how about how well spoken the young lady was what was her name oh. the 11 year old you know there's no, no. an 11 year old too who spoke and she was fantastic Oh, did I see her speaking? I think I did now that you're saying that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They were all, everybody that did anything with it was amazing. All the kids that spoke, and they spoke in front of all those people were amazing. I was just really proud. I was super, super proud 
of the young kids, like the young people in our in our lives and in in this in the country. Like they really took a stand and they stood there really not writing, not being disrespectful, not being hateful, and just were very very impressive. Yeah, single largest protest in Washington D.C. history. That's yeah. amazing. It's, it's a big statement. I mean, obviously, this is an issue. This isn't an issue that's new by any stretch of the means. You know, but right. it's, enough is enough. You get to exactly a, you get to a boiling point where no, these kids like they're losing their friends. I mean, yeah, you know, you can't, it can't be that way. Realistically, and and we have a, a variety of of ages right in this room. The three of us. Did you ever go to school and think about a kid, somebody coming in with a gun? No, that never. never never entered your mind. No, no. never. That's what these kids deal with now. And that's just not, that's not right. That's no, wrong. It's that's so not. bad wrong. No, I agree. But, uh, you know, I think this is a huge step. And I hope, uh, I hope something good comes out of it. Me too. I yeah. think it will. Well, if it doesn't happen soon, it'll happen later when these kids will continue, will start voting and making things happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, Facebook, of course, is, uh, is, is an interesting predicament and, you know, now you've, people are finding out that Facebook had access to every call they made, every text. I mean, Facebook. I told you that last week when we <laughs> talked about Facebook. I didn't realize it was that bad. I was like, you were looking at me last week. I'm a nutcase. Well, and you are, but besides yeah. that, and um, no, but I said I'd read somewhere that they they totally have everything on you. Like they share every, their that's data. Crazy. With, yeah, they share their data I mean, with advertisers. I mean, and you can't really ever take yourself off Facebook. Can no, you? I right? think it, people say you can unsubscribe or whatever you can do, you know, stop, stop yourself from being on there and you can ask for your files, I yeah. guess. How do, like, it says that you can request all the Facebook data as a zip file and the, and the people are posting results on Twitter. That's where you're seeing how they had access to your calls. They shared your data with advertisers. Um, you know, it, it's, yeah. it's funny that you say that because even my boyfriend was telling me the other day he's like it's really strange he's like i get these pop-ups on my phone and he's like but it'll be something that like i looked up and all of a sudden he's getting these pop-ups and he on gets his these, phone and on his phone and he's he'll get text messages like for you know ads or whatnot and he's honestly it was like over the past month he's like i have no idea why i'm getting these right right yeah. right right right. i've gotten that stuff too yeah i had someone on the train trying to break into my phone because <laughs> like if you're if my bluetooth was left on they're trying oh. to like see if I accept something. Yeah. Oh really? Oh yeah. Oh that is so. You know what? It really bothers me. I started looking around like who who wants who's trying to break my phone? <laughs> I thought it was in a movie, right? I was like I'm trying to figure out who, who is it. Yeah. They were targeting yes, you. Probably. I don't know why. There's nothing interesting on my phone. But you know what? Facebook it, they have all the data now. Here's the question, and this is an excellent question, Sarah. Can you eliminate yourself? No. You know why? And I used to say this to my kids all their lives growing up. What you when you push send on a computer, it lives and breathes forever. Yeah, it's permanent. It's going through some central server somewhere in this country. There's a permanent record of it. Can you take yourself off of Facebook? You can now. Yeah, you just can stop it and not go back on Facebook. Will you the stuff that you put up on Facebook all those years? Yes, it's going to be there exactly. somewhere. Exactly. That's going to be there forever. Somewhere. Yep. 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 Yeah. So I had this argument with my wife too because she hates this whole thing that she, she doesn't like the fact that people are looking at her stuff. I was like, I don't really care. <laughs> you know, I don't care. So you're not stealing my money yeah. or not taking anything from me. Uh, you know, you whatever. don't piss me off though. This is, part this is not really right. Piss- I, I see it's not right, but I'm right. not going to like lose any sleep over it. But Facebook got text messages Good. off of your phone. Yeah, do I have to get bread and milk? Okay, great. <laughs> okay, well, your life is a little, a little less less drama. Yeah, less. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, no, no uh, nothing crazy, which is good. That's why I don't care. So, like, for all you people that are hiding stuff, you know, start seeing people in person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Want to send someone a picture? Just go, print go it back, out and give it to them. Go back it's, old school. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, everything have, that's old becomes new again. Have Boy, a conversation. This is happen, right? Yeah, talk to somebody. Although they'll hear that, so you have to talk to them in person. Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Alexa will pick that up, right? Yeah. Make sure you unplug Alexa before you have a conversation. Yeah. Or turn off your phone. I'm always thinking your phone can... I think your phone can hear you. Uh, oh, Alexa can hear you? Yeah, so I think your phone can hear you. At all times? Yes. Someone's listening. I do. Yes. Anyway, that's my crazy theory, but go ahead. Let's. Can we move on? Yes. <laughs> I think they're listening to us right now. Yeah, they are. <laughs> We're going to walk out of here and they're going right. to be like, no, they are. Get them. <laughs> All right, this is interesting. Uh, 13 people reveal the most expensive life lessons they have ever learned, and the stories will make you cringe. Mm. Uh, number one, getting married to save a relationship. Ooh. Ooh. You, do I even have to go into that? That's like, <clears throat> Ooh. You're just pouring gasoline on a fire. Yes, absolutely. Right? For me. Because, you know, and, uh, as we know, we're parents, too. Like, 
And having a kid, I could say having a kid to save a relationship too. Like it's that's probably the opposite will work. Oh you know? boy, people are like, well, you know, we were having a tough time, so we had a baby. What <laughs> were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> that's worse than gasoline. <laughs> yeah. uh, lending money to lending money to a friend. Yeah, been there. Yeah, Every, I think everyone's done it. Yeah, and then and you're never like, got it back. Yep, yep done. It yep. reminds me of uh, Bronx Tale, the movie. The guy was chasing this kid around for twenty bucks. He's like, look, think of it this way: for twenty bucks, you got him out of your life. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, just don't too much yeah that's tricky getting too close to nature uh don't get don't get super drunk outside while nowhere near any bathroom and wipe yourself with a leaf oh. <laughs> near the ground i was so stupid hospital bills for that plus the swelling and pain oh god never again oh my god <laughs> ouch oh yeah. but he deserved it yeah <laughs> uh, right yeah that's ridiculous uh being too chivalrous uh you don't have to pay for goddamn everything when you start dating someone what? So that's what this person said because they're like little statements underneath. Uh, that sounds like a feminist, though. I don't want to start a whole big argument, but you know, oh. you know when you're, you're courting, it's just still some old schoolness to courting someone. I, my actual real opinion is, if someone asks me out, I would almost expect them to pay for the date. You know, if I ask someone, okay, out, so okay. if you ask yeah. them out, you're going to pay for everything. But if they yes. ask you out, you would say okay. I would probably still make an effort to pay because I feel like a, you know, I wouldn't feel like a man if I just. But but I would I would not fight that hard. Right. Okay. Like, you ask me out. Okay, take me out. Yeah. You know? Well, okay, Sarah. So I go say I go out with this guy, and I, I say, you know what, dude, I'll pick up like. I, I'll pick up half or I'll buy the drinks. Or He's going to think you're I not interested. At least buy a drink. Yeah. Really? No, no, no. If you just buy a drink, what? it's okay. I would have no... Like, I, don't, I haven't been on a date for so long that I don't even know. Well, like, would you... Would, it's different now, though. The younger people, like, they have a whole different thing. They don't go on dinner. They just all... They'll go for coffee and... They go on Tinder. Right, they go on Tinder, right? <laughs> they, swipe, they, they don't date. They swipe. Right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, let's move on. Moving in together too soon, it's kind of the same as the other things. Like, getting, you know, yeah. you, you can't rush anything or force anything. Right. It's like if it does, if it feels a little bit off, something's probably yeah. wrong. Yeah. That's oh, for dang sure. Fixing a broken heart with a credit card. Uh, yeah. Been there. Uh, be, be bankrupt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get that, like, oh, I want this. I want that. Okay. Oh, yeah. This one's a good one. Ignoring bills. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then you're just making the bills bigger. Exactly. Yes. Right. 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 Not buying a case for a $1,000 phone. Yeah. That's just stupid. Yeah, you're gonna spend a thousand dollars. We're not gonna spend fifty. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. Come on. Um, paying dearly for that solo time. Uh, oh God, I don't even want to read this. Um, oh no, don't read this. Yeah, no. <laughs> this guy. Yeah, that. yeah. This guy. Basically, was like, someone was doing something, and he uh, he broke his computer. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty gross. <laughs> okay, that is gross. Thanks, thanks for putting that one in there. Uh, letting a teenager drive a new car. Who mm-hmm. would? Who does that? You know, I'll tell Have you. Have you been to my that. town? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, my okay. town. My but, kids, huh. all four of my kids, when they drove, and my ex-husband worked at Toyota, we got them like little Toyota Camrys for two thousand dollars. Right? They had to pay half. We paid half. My kids' friends got new cars, like newer cars. I'm like, are you nuts? <laughs> that is nuts. What? They're going to hit everything that doesn't move. Exactly. Yes. You know, stop. Paying five hundred dollars for one beer? Who or, does that? What, I walked down the street holding beer? a beer at age twenty in Indiana. It cost me five hundred dollars plus uh. ten hours community service. <laughs> multiple hours of my life in City Hall. I will not get back. It was yep. a cheap beer too. <laughs> yeah, putting it all on credit. Yeah, no. Yeah. The the, the old advice I always hear is you, you try to pay your bills in full if you can. Obviously, you know because if you're just otherwise you're just throwing money away. Yeah. Right. And the last one is not considering your choice of degree. I got a four-year degree in 2013 and not a single job I've had since then has required a four-year degree. That's hmm. weird. I don't even get that. Well, there's a lot of kids that go to college that don't know what they want to do, and they and come out with degrees that have nothing to do with what they are really interested in. Well, I got a degree in communications. I'm splicing tape and stuff, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know editing, editing things. It, it's just, it all, it just, it's, it's it's irrelevant in like a year or two so it's, it's just you have to keep up like you said in your business you have to continue to learn and try and progress yeah, absolutely right? do you have if to go back to schooling of no. any kind no okay. no, no but you're doing but i can go like you know there's there's places you can go to like a butcher shop and they'll bring in a whole side of beef and you can sit there and like go in and have like five of us check it out and they'll teach us how to break it down oh cool oh, wow. like, there's there's cool things you can do you know Oh, but wow. if you stand still, you'll get passed by, right? Exactly. I mean, in, in, in any business, you got to always learn and get and always get better. Otherwise, forget it. Yep. And, and there's so many cooking school. I mean, cooking shows now. There's yeah. There's unbelievable. <laughs> Is it? Do you think it's good for your industry? You feel like it's a little annoying because everybody thinks like they just watch these shows and be a chef. You know, I think it's a double edged sword. You know, it's really cool to watch some of these shows. Some of these shows, like definitely, like. 
will freak me out when I'm watching it and being like, oh my gosh, how are you going to finish that in time? Like it makes me, like it gives me anxiety when I watch it. I'm just like, that's not possible. Oh, so you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't go on the, you wouldn't do any of those shows. You don't She's not on Chopped. But, but, but then there's also, like you said, there's a lot of people who watch these shows now and when they get out of the industry, like I said, when I started working, I made $7 an hour. You start very low you know what i mean you're not starting off at making right, right. fifty thousand dollars a year or seventy five thousand dollars a year and i think their expectations are set really high no. and don't realize that you've got to really work for it for, right for get, quite a while you just get your foot in the door yeah, yeah. Well, that's the entitled generation yes i think it was fun <laughs> yes. this past weekend ma was watching um oh my god i just her name went out of my head she was uh, the famous chef. She talked really funny. What was her name? Oh my gosh! Paula Dean? No, 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 no. Old, older, oh, older. The, the one they used to make fun of on Saturday Night yeah, Live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Julia Child. Julia Child. Yeah, yeah, they did the Saturday Night Live skit. Like, blah, blah, blah. Yes. She, and she watched... cuts herself and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all over. Yes. <laughs> she was watching her life story, her biography, on, and she was really cool and interesting. She was a big woman, big. She, yeah, but and she was she was probably the first celebrity chef, right? Yeah, I, right. She was female huge. celebrity chef, absolutely, and yeah. she. Could could not cook just so you know she what? said she initially no, no initially she could not cook at all she her burnt everything is, her her book is really cool oh wow. i mean there is a book i think i don't remember uh-huh. who wrote it though her her and it, another it chef yeah yeah it's amazing it's a very cool oh, that's book. cool yeah you know what show i do like is uh the best thing i ever ate have you seen that one yet they, they, they interview chefs like bobby flay says okay. the best thing you ever ate was the fried chicken down the street at Bubby's. So guess who went down to get the fried chicken at Bubby's and brought, and brought it home? I did. And guess what? It was the best fried chicken I ever ate. I was like, it was awesome. Really? Was like, That's cool. Oh my God. It's a restaurant Bubby's. They're mostly known for their brunches. I don't know if you know of Bubby's. It's right, it's right down I the street. I haven't been, no. Um, but I got the fried chicken. And Is that was... what last couple weeks ago you said? I got to go pick up the fried chicken? Is that what you did? Yes. Oh, man. Well, I'm there with my wife watching the TV. She's like, um, that's right by your work. You better bring that home. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And it, and it was. So they have chefs like Bobby and, and other, obviously all those celebrity chefs. But they talk about the food that they love that's that, cool. they're in other restaurants. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. It's a cool show. Especially when you know you live in this area, so you can actually go get it. Exactly. There's, a, there's another one where, um, oh, it's on uh, East Side, 13th and 1st. And I forgot the name of the restaurant. Something with duck in the title. But they made goat's neck. Okay. Uh, and we went, and it was amazing. Like we went, it was on diners, drivings, and dives. Yeah. And we went, and it was phenomenal. Like, you know, it was amazing. Goat's neck. Yeah, it sounds disgusting, but it was it was excellent. We loved it. And just that's the way awesome. They smoked it and everything else. It just fell off the. You know, just, yeah, yeah. Everything just all the meat just falls right off. Yeah, of it. it was amazing. So, oh, I'm grossed out. So I love that's why I like watching these shows. We actually are in an area where we can go try this stuff that we see. It's a, exactly. Mm. It's like it's a realistic thing that you can actually. Oh, goat's neck. No, no. No, trust me. Yeah, it's if you worth taste it. it, yeah, you you try it, right? Absolutely. Yeah, so. Oh, <laughs> I guess I'd have to try. <laughs> well, it, it, that's it for the news, right? Yes, ma'am. Are you going on to? Are you going to do? Are you going to do the mail? Mail's okay. in. Yeah, I'm going to do the mail. Mail's in. Ready? Mail's yeah, let's in. do it. Let's do it. Email number one, dear one tough mother. I'm really worried about my older older sister. Um, I'm one of four girls. I'm number three in the lineup, and I can easily see my oldest sister Liz, who's almost six years older than me, is falling apart. She's just gone through her third broken relationship in seven years and just can't find happiness. She's a loving mother and person who gives everyone her all and would give you the shirt off her back. However, she never gets a break in her love. She puts 100% into relationships with the men she dates. She's attentive and kind. They seem to adore her in the beginning, but after a year or so, things start to fall apart. They take advantage of her. They lose interest in her. They treat her poorly. They cheat on her or just flat out leave. Each time this happens, Liz gets more and more devastated. My immediate older sister, Lynn, who's only two years older than me, says... Liz is just going through a tough time, but that's not it. This time it's way more than that. She doesn't want to go out. She's lost her drive and lust for life and has even started to drink. I'm very concerned. I try to support Liz and say things like the right one will come along and they will be sorry they lost her, but that doesn't seem to help anymore. She's just so visibly sad. Why does this keep happening to such a wonderful woman and what should I do to help her? Oh my gosh, did they write this? Did my sister write this? <laughs> Wait, Donna, is this you? you? Did you write this? You know what I think of, and I think about this with my friends and, and people I've seen, um, you kind of get stuck in a pattern. You pick the same personality over and over. And I'm definitely guilty of that. You know that. I'm a mother. I've been a mother since the day I was born. So as a result, I always pick people I feel like I want to fix or help. And you just, that becomes your your pattern. And I think that's what's happening with her name, Liz. And, and we've said this a lot. I mean, and it's such an easy thing to say, but she needs therapy. 
She yeah. needs to get down to the deep root of her issues and her problems to see what, what is it. It's got to be something. It's not can't be all the bad guys. It's like, why are you drawing these guys in? Like, what what is it about you? And right. you know, I also think it's you know you have to be comfortable with yourself. Like you have to be comfortable to be alone. Right. You know, if you're not, if you can't be alone and be a hundred percent happy, as in loving yourself, not alone like with nobody around you, but. You have to be comfortable with yourself first. That's a good point. Somebody actually, else yeah. can actually be part of that life. I'm glad you said that because you have to make yourself happy. You can't count on other other people to make you happy. You'd exactly. be a happy person going into it. You know, people go into relationships thinking, "Oh, this will make me happy." This no, no, that's no one else's relationship. That, that's nobody's responsibility to make you happy. It's yes. your responsibility to make yourself yeah. happy. Thank you. They for have to make that. themselves happy. That's a great. That's a great point. Yeah. So you know. She has to figure out what, right. uh, what why she right, here. why does she feel the way she does, and figure out what she can do to make herself happy. And I feel like we fall in these habits too. Like find find what makes you happy. What do you like to do? Are you still right. doing it every day? Are you are you are you exercising? Are you meditating? Like, yeah. what, do something different. Like fi- figure it. You know, try something else. Exactly. If, if it's not working out, you got to mix it up a little bit. It's the old nothing changes unless you change it. And I say that a lot, and I know I say it a lot, but nothing changes unless you change it. Yeah. So, there you go. Okay, email number two. Dear One Tough Mother, my husband and I have a huge difference of opinion on homeschooling our one and four-year-olds. What are your thoughts? We we get this a lot lately. This is probably the third letter. Oh, well, it's related to the March for Our Lives, the, right? Yeah, this is probably I the started thinking time. about it even. I was like, oh, maybe I should you know, have the kids homeschooled. Yeah, What you know what? Here's what my thoughts would be. I would not be good at it, okay? Just so you know, all four of my kids, I would not have been a good a good homeschool type mother because I just I don't know, I didn't have the patience, I think, to sit and but you teach also weren't, them. You, you weren't in a position where you felt like you, you that had to be a viable choice. Right. It never was a, it never you know, like came that, in my head. Now you say now. it because now what do you think? Um What does Melissa say? You know, we talk about it, but I don't know how serious we are talking about it. We kinda of bring it up like, oh, yeah. it's something maybe we should think about. Um it's tough though because to it's already be a full time parents and then teach on top of it. Right. We have neighbors around the corner. She has three kids that they're all homeschooled. You know, so like they're on they're great kids too. I got to say, like they're, you know, you feel yeah. like they might be not be socially adjusted or anything, but around the corner the kids are great. So I think you have to do your homework, right? right. You have to really look Absolutely. into it. Absolutely. What does this entail? Like how much time and, you know. Look up some research about people like um, positive and negative. Uh, how these kids come out through like how Talk kids to do people that do it, right? Right. Exactly. And I think you get certified yeah. in everything too. So I'm sure places you go to get certified to be a homeschool teacher will give you a lot of information as well. I think do your homework and and really discuss it and, and don't just like have a conversation you two over a glass of wine saying I don't <laughs> think so. Right. Yeah. Right. But right. I don't want my kids to go to school because they might get shot. Like. No, do your homework, really put a lot of time and effort into it, and then make an educated decision. Would you want to do it, Sarah? I mean, that's a whole new career that you're taking on. Yeah. You know, I can't even imagine. It's like, like you said, you're already a full-time parent, plus you all working. have- Working. You know, yeah, you're working. That's a whole new career. Right. One of you actually has to stay home. One of you has to quit their career and homeschool your kid. And these days, who's, who, you know, it's hard to How have can a, you do that? a stay-at-home parent. Right, yeah. No one's paying you to teach those kids. Right, right, right. Well, you know, do some research on it. Talk to people who've done it. Look things up online. Everything's online, for for God's sakes. Look look things up online and see what you because think. Because we all have opinions, right? But it, you have to be educated. Yeah. You have to know what you're talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah. And we don't. So that's what yeah. I'm telling you to do, to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and let us know how it works. <laughs> all right. Our last email of the day, dear one tough mother. I just started a new job working for my neighbor. He attends the same church we do and has for several years, but we've never really been more than acquaintances. Uh, shortly after I started working for him, I noticed things going on with some of the girls in the office that made me feel very uncomfortable. Then I mistakenly came across an online sex chat he was having with one of them. As I scrolled through the text, oh, he kept looking at it. <laughs> As I scrolled through, the, I guess any of us would, right? You saw that, you're like, what? What yeah. the hell is this? As I scrolled through the text, it was obvious they're having an affair, which freaked me out, so I quit. He has a beautiful, sweet, pregnant wife home with his two other children. Should I tell her? Should I tell anyone? Or should I stay quiet and let him get away with it? He makes me sick and I don't know what to do. Don't say a word. No. I don't. It's it's going to come out anyways. Right. You might want to say. By his own self-destruction. Right. You might want to tell him like, hey, you know, I saw this. I'm not going to say anything, but you should really think about. Oh, put the fear of God in him. No, not put a fear of God. I'm just saying I'm concerned. You know, I'm not going to pry in your business. I'm not going to hold this over you. Put him at ease that I'm not here to rat on you. But. You know, this is not going to be good for you in the long run. You know, just try to 
trying to put like somewhat positive spin on this fact like hey this it's not too late for you to turn you things should, around I shouldn't, or not say anything to, right it, it depends what kind of relationship you have with the person well so. she quit or he quit whatever this is a girl or guy but you know why should you be this guy's therapist he has to know that he's got two kids at home and a pregnant wife no, it's, it's, it's sometimes you gotta you know you need some reinforcement and some help you know it, it depends on the relationship that you have with this person if you feel comfortable doing that to me if it's someone that I, I went to church with and everything else like you know, it's also guy, guy or girl, girl, right? If this is a woman, she, right? You know, so that, there's a different dynamic with that too. Me as a guy, and I'm working with this other guy. It's like, dude, what are you doing? You're gonna ruin your whole life. You know, that's that's it. I'm not gonna. He knows. I'm, it's kind of like a guy code, which sounds stupid, <laughs> but it's also like you don't you don't want to be the bearer of that news. You know, it's not. It's not gonna ruin that family. Oh gosh, no, no. you should definitely not no. put this. No, do not go to the wife about this. You know, and if you quit and you're out of it. Uh, then you're out of it. And, and if you want to say something to the guy like, hey, you know what? I, I saw this and I, and I think it's really unappro- or unprofessional and I'm sorry I read yeah. it and inappropriate. And maybe that'll make him think twice that somebody else knows it or I don't know. But please, whatever you do, don't break up a family. Yeah. Like, oh. No, that is not your place to do that. And, and she, will not be th- she will not thank you for doing that either. No, I don't think so either. No. Ooh. So anyway, so we're here with Mother Says, and this is the end. And again, before we say do Mother Says, thank you, Sarah, for oh, staying and hanging out. Thank you for having out. me here, definitely. It was so much fun. This is great. <laughs> we can't wait to have you back. <laughs> well, selfishly, yes. You're selfish. Well, <laughs> we no. love you, but the food, yeah. We're looking at, we can't we're wait to come to where you're at. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, don't do, don't do that. <laughs> I, can see that. I can see that major D. There's two people standing there staring. <laughs> 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 with cans on their heads. Tell, <laughs> like, tell them. I'm not here. <laughs> <laughs> what do they look like? <laughs> yeah, we won't get we won't get seated anytime soon. So again, thank you so much. Um, Mother said is says is and I this is a kind of a funny one. I thought this was funny. Be decisive, right or wrong. Make a decision. The road is paved full of flat squirrels who couldn't make a decision. Oh <laughs> well, think about it. Poor squirrels. Make a decision, guys. Oh, have yeah. a great one, everybody. We'll talk to you next weekend or next week. We have a great show, and all I have to say is, Seth, yeah, make something good tonight for dinner. <laughs> have Pressure. a good one. Bye bye. <laughs>